You are listening to episode 176 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. We are recording this podcast from the Three Stream Studio here at Shades Valley Community Church. My name is John Mark Durow, and I am joined by my two co-hosts, Brad Brown and Jonathan Hafes. You know what, guys? I was talking to Chase Azell on Sunday, mm-hmm. and he came up to me. I don't really know if we had ever officially met in person or not, and he said, hey, I just wanted to let you know that I love all of the college football talk that you guys have been doing on Shades Midweek, and he would not stop talking about how much he's enjoyed the sports break uh, the last few weeks of Shades Midweek. Well, you know, John Mark, I find this this to be like anything else at Shades Valley. We talk about all the time how you can pick out anything at Shades, and anything we do, and for like half of the congregation, they're going to be like, that's my favorite thing. And the other half is going to be right. like, yeah, I wish we didn't do that. And this is, this is just, you know, I mean, Tanisha wants to know when the sports break is so she can take a break from it. And for Chase, that's the only reason he listens to the episode. Just with Tanisha being an Alabama fan, I don't know why you wouldn't want to talk about it, right? I mean, <laughs> they're coming off a big win this past Saturday. Like Alabama's having a season where they're struggling. And as an Auburn fan, I would love to have this season that they're having. Right. And they're struggling. Like they're upset about it. Right. You well, know, like why wouldn't you want to just rub it in my face as an Auburn fan and make fun of me and tear me down? That's what I would be doing if I were in their shoes. Well, to, to <laughs> encourage you, John Mark, I, too, actually had a conversation with uh, Mr. Azell about this on Sunday. And uh, we laughed about the way that my only role in these conversations <laughs> is just to pick at y'all and egg you on. I'm like, it's just so easy to get them talking about it. But see, here's the thing. If we can, Jonathan mentioned becoming a Texas fan. If we can just keep pushing that, Jonathan can't do anything. Push that narrative. Jonathan can't do anything 50%. So <laughs> if we can just keep pushing it, then he's going to enter on the conversation, and this is really Well, here's gonna, the thing, oh, Jonathan. Jonathan what, no, wait, wait, wait. Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. Um, because after we talked about uh, me just kind of poking and prodding, he was like, yeah. And, uh, man, John Mark, like, like, he legitimately knows what he's talking about. Like, he, like – <laughs> Like was a, he surprised? Like you're like a legitimate, you know, voice in sports, John Mark. I don't know how you feel I've about it. I've always wanted to be. But you are now officially a voice in, in sports radio. Well, some people might unfairly stereotype John Mark as the musician that doesn't care anything about sports. Well, okay, doesn't care anything about sports. That's it, unfair. I was about I was about to say, but stereotyping him as the musician is a totally fair stereotype. <laughs> That's yeah, a yeah, fair you stereotype. you got to add that second part. It's pretty big. I had an interesting childhood in that I played and listened to a lot of music, but I also was very, very passionate about college football from a young age, and I used to read. My parents had a book, and it was like an Auburn history book almost. It was like this giant book from the first 100 years of them playing football. And I used to go through it, and I would just look at the scores from like – and I would be like, oh, Auburn went undefeated in 1913. Like that's the kind of – I think it was that year. I can't remember. But it was like that kind of thing. And so I got real obsessed with it. And then my parents had VHS tapes of Auburn highlights. I'm sure sure a lot of universities and schools would make VHS tapes of like their great seasons – 
And so Auburn had an undefeated season in 93. I used to watch that tape all the time. Mm. Wore it out. And we had a record player. We didn't have many records growing up, but we had a record player that used to work. And we had this, uh, I don't even think it was a 12-inch. It may have been a 7-inch or a 10-inch. It was like radio calls? It was Auburn radio calls. And I used to put that on. And listen to like all these old seventies and eighties radio calls when I was like seven years old. Well, let me tell you, if they were making one of those vinyl records today, do you know what would go on it? Because sometimes they would not only put radio calls on it, they would put coach speeches on it. And I'll oh, tell sure. you what would make it would be would be that uh, that speech by. Uh, I can't even remember the team now that just crushed Colorado. Oh, Dan Lanning from Oregon, <laughs> the Ducks. Oh it yeah, you gotta love that. Yeah, he came out <laughs> swinging yeah, pretty speech. hard. I mean, it was pretty strong. I mean, I, I loved, I loved, y'all De- built I loved up, Dion. Y'all had built up the hype around that game so much for me that I actually tuned in. Oh yeah, you and shouldn't it, have done that. At one point, I had to leave. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't do this. This is sad. This hurts my feelings. I to be to be fair, I but, did think that Colorado would somewhat keep it close, but it was just a total. I knew that they were going to lose. I, I had like nine or ten points in my pickums on Oregon winning that game. I was very confident they were going to win, but I didn't know that they were going to crush them like they did. But here's the thing. You know, Landing has that speech, but then Dion, like, he just comes back with the perfect response mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, you better come at me now. You better yeah, come at me now. Come get us come now. Come get us now. It's the worst this we're going to be. This is opportunity. And I'm like, yeah. holy he's cow. Right. How did, how he's right. How did you right. do that? Like, you you just lot, you got blown out, you're insulted, and you're still able to come in and present this amazing response that, I, like, leaves me. I'm intimidated. I, I, I would never ask him a question as a coach. He's Deion Sanders. That's man. what I'm saying. I think it's also fun to acknowledge the fact Deion that Dan Lanning from Oregon, who I, who I like, I think he's a good coach, but – the irony of the fact that he said, we're not doing this for clicks and views and likes. And he literally invited a camera crew into the locker room <laughs> to film the pregame because they knew they were going to win. There was no doubt. Oh, yeah. I, I have no doubt that they knew we're going to dominate. They saw what they saw on do, film. Do camera crews yeah. not always get in? For I mean, I'm not stuff? saying that they don't. I mean, now everything's filmed. Everything's yeah, everything's everywhere. Filmed. Everything's on film. But I did kind of think that was a lot. Well, guys, but it was intentional. Last question, and then we need to move on before we lose. <laughs> oh yeah, many that's more right. Viewers. We're doing a podcast. Uh, yes. <laughs> what um, are we doing? <laughs> so, last question from me: Is there a game that I should tune into this weekend? Is there like something I? I mean, obviously, not, y'all are going to be pushing do, me towards watching Texas. Do not, whatever you do, do not tune in to the Auburn Georgia game. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia, and, Georgia played UAB this past weekend, didn't they? They did. That's and, right. And I think and UAB held them to like twenty-eight points. Or yes, something but like was that. it was it actually Georgia or was it their practice team or like their fourth string or what have not? Did they take a week off? Like I don't know. It probably was. And they were probably preparing for Auburn. And so as an Auburn fan, mm-hmm. the thing that keeps you up at night is the fear that UAB is going to have better numbers on Georgia than 
we are about to. Where's the game? And is it is it in possible. Athens? No, it's a, it's in Auburn. It's in Auburn. Okay, but you know, it's a two thirty kick. On it's a two thirty kick at Auburn. See, those are the games I can watch mid afternoon. Yeah, I think I'm just going to be in silent prayer away from any <laughs> TV or radio. Well, there is USC at Colorado, which I do think USC is going to win that game. But there, the, it is in Colorado. It's at Colorado, so and it's an eleven a.m. kickoff. So it's not a it's not a late kickoff. You also have Georgia Auburn. Kansas is playing Texas. Kansas is ranked and undefeated right now. All right. It's in it's in Austin. What so time is that game? That is a two thirty kickoff on ABC. Oh. I'll probably be I'll watching that, that. LSU at Ole Miss. You got two ranked SEC teams but, but there. John Mark, you're and gonna Notre watch, Dame at Duke. You're Notre gonna Dame watch just that coming game, off the but loss. Auburn plays at two thirty. I'll watch Auburn, but I've already you, talked. Here's what's happening. Here's what's happening in in my neck of the woods this weekend. Ashley's going out of town to celebrate one of our neighbors uh 40th birthday so like all the wives are going and all the dads on the street are going to be parenting solo and so what we've decided is we're just going to set up a bunch of tvs in <laughs> literally in the street because we basically own the street it's a dead end so nobody comes down there and if somebody does we just tell them if it's a delivery we're just gonna be like nope just stay there we'll take the package We'll figure out who it needs to get to. So we're going to set up TVs in the middle of the street and order pizzas and just watch football all day. So that's what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> the kids will just be running And feral. the kids can just run around. They can do whatever they want. Oh, my word. I love it. <laughs> all right. Well, you got you a parent to... smart, not that's, hard. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's enough of a sports break for this week. Lock, all right, we, oh, lock we need an intro outro for sports breaks now. Yeah, apparently it's to that point. <laughs> we do have business to attend to. And uh, so, John Mark, do we have an album this week? JM's album of the week. Friend of mine, Harvest, put out a new record earlier this year on June 9th. The record is called Glad. If you don't know who Harvest is, she's an incredible worship leader and songwriter. All I want to do is give to you a song of praise All I want to do is give to you a hymn of thanks All I want to do, all I want to do This song is called Give Him Praise All I want to do, all I want to do I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you her brother Daniel Bashta, who I've played with a lot, uh, produced this record and he just did a phenomenal job. Classic Daniel Bashta. Dude, I just always feel like organs make a, a sound so thick. I love this record. If you're nice. looking for new worship music, if you're looking for something a little outside the box, then check out Harvest's new record. It's called Glad. 
It's a phenomenal record from top to bottom. She actually, randomly, there was this this big Spotify playlist. I don't know if it was an official Spotify, but it was big on Spotify, and it was a Barbie playlist, and one of her songs made it on it. Oh wow! Uh, which was pretty interesting. I think it was, I think this it, one. No, I think it was "You Have Made Me Glad" or maybe "New Day." I can't remember what it was, but uh, pretty cool for her to have that. So, I mean, the real question that I have right there is, why were you searching for Barbie playlist, John? Mark? Somebody sent it to me, <laughs> but I did make a. I for did, that dad's weekend, he's looking for a playlist. <laughs> I mean, speaking of that, I did make a Barbenheimer playlist on Spotify. Of if you're, if you're you curious, did. of course you to did. To kind of show the contrast, but also some of the themes that line up between those two films. So, if you follow me on Spotify, just search Barbenheimer, or probably better, easier to search me because a lot of people <laughs> made Barbenheimer right, right. playlists. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, Harvest, check it out. It's awesome. So so cool. Looking forward to it. All right, Brad, you got a book, man. I just might. Thank you to the Brooklyn Tabernacle Boys Choir for that beautiful introduction. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bradford's Book Club. The book I am recommending today is titled The Great Dechurching. The Great Dechurching. Who's leaving? Why are they going? And what will it take to bring them back? I've heard a lot about this book. Let me read a little bit from the back cover. It might whet your appetite, loosen your appetite. Water your appetite, make you more of an, have more of an appetite. Five misconceptions about de-churching in America. In the past 25 years, 42% of our city, this is talking about metropolitan Orlando, has stopped attending church. In 2018, we were two pastors who wanted to understand and be fruitful in what we thought was our unique context. We soon learned our context wasn't unique And what was happening around us wasn't as simple as media pundits and Twitter commentators were suggesting. We're currently living in the largest and fastest religious shift in U.S. history. Some 40 million adult Americans who used to go to church at least once per month now attend less than once per year. This shift is larger than the number of conversions during the First Great Awakening, Second Great Awakening, and the totality of Billy Graham crusades combined. Over the past two years, we've worked with respected social scientist Ryan Burge and Paul, whose last name I don't know how to say, to conduct the largest and most comprehensive study of de-churching ever commissioned. They've heard from over 7,000 respondents and gleaned as many as 600 data points. This is fascinating stuff, I know. The results of that study, along with a number of pastoral, missiological, ecclesiological, and relational insights, were published in our book, The Great Dechurching. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting emotional just talking about this. Uh, I actually swallowed the wrong way. So, if you're interested in checking out this church, there's a, they've talked about this book 
the Great D Churching on a couple of podcasts. And if you go and listen, maybe we can get them on our podcast. What do you think about that, John, Mark, and Jonathan? Ryan Burge? He, I, he could maybe do it. Let's get him on. He's he's written a lot of books. He's been a, he was a part of that book, The Nuns, I think. Not like N-U-N-S, but N-O-N-E-S. Oh, yeah. Well, Anyways. this book has gotten a lot of uh, traction. There's been articles in the New York Times, the Atlantic, the Washington Post, the American... You're doing American great, Conservative. Just keep going. National Review. And even the Ben Shapiro Show. So okay. lots of people are talking about this. What did they learn? What did they learn when they started doing research on dechurching in America? And why might it surprise you and challenge some of the conceptions that you have? Check it out. The great dechurching. Great recommendation. All right. We're going to take a quick trip down to the email corridor. Guys, let me tell you, I got an email for us today that has traveled a long way. This email comes from overseas, across the pond. Wow. Somehow I can't imagine through, how expensive that was to I get know. it here. It's traveled through Firewire and Internet and Cat5 cables and all sorts of stuff. Satellites to land here on our desk at... Shades Midweek. It comes from Poland from one Josh McClung. Does anyone want to take a shot at saying the uh, the subject line here? Because I don't know how to say that, and I think he just really wants us to try. So I'm going to plead the fifth. Zine uh, Dorb... That sounded German. Zine <laughs> Dorb... Dobry Homies. I don't know what that means or what I just said. It was probably really offensive because Josh McClung would yeah, do something a like curse that. Curse word. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so whatever that means, we should like Google Translate that. All right. So here's what Josh says: uh, Appreciate the latest midweek update, ep, and shout out. Makes me feel like I'm back home with everyone. I still listen to most of the episodes and sometimes even manage to catch a sermon. Glad to hear things are alive and well back at Shades. Aside from the community and our friends and family there, the thing I missed the most uh, that I missed the most is good tacos. Well, Josh, mm. we wish that we, uh, well, we don't. We, we've consumed a lot of good tacos, Josh. Anyway, <laughs> I, I have no idea what I was trying to say right there. Uh, the thing I missed the most is good tacos. There's nothing good where we live, and even tortilla chips are awful. <laughs> Please have lots of tacos for me. We shall do, Josh. We shall do. He says, we've been in Poland for about four months now, and there's a few things I thought you might find interesting. So he gives us eight fun facts, gentlemen. I would love to get your reaction to these if you haven't read them yet. Number one, public toilets always cost money. <laughs> I'm just, my only, like, that's terrible. I think my only question is, like, like, to get into the restroom or, like, I mean, is this a coin slot situation where I've got to use it to open the door to the stall? I mean, like, it, how does that work? Is there an attendant? Everything is like touch pay. I know in London and Scotland. I don't know about Poland. At what point am I doing this, though? To get into the bathroom door, to get into the stall, to it's make gotta it flush? Be, it's got to be to get in the door, right? Yeah. I, guess. I, I, I would say I'm okay with that as long as they're super clean all the time. And right. my guess is if you're paying for it, there's probably somebody that's constantly cleaning it probably hopefully. yeah number two our trash only picks up twice a month i mean just to be honest with you josh even though our trash picks up weekly i probably only get it to the street twice a month so 
<laughs> Number three, water is that ne- is a long time. I mean, yeah, that's a like you have a lot of trash. Well, I'm gonna go well, out on a limb and I'm say gonna that say I they, think they produce less trash than I, we do. That's what I was gonna say too. Um, Number three, water is never free at a restaurant and often more expensive than beer. So I guess Josh is drinking a lot more beer (laughs) since becoming a missionary. Uh, Number four, every grocery outing is like Aldi. You have to bag your own groceries and put a coin in for a cart. I think I'm all for it. I am all for it, too. Yeah, I love that. It, it, It cuts down on overhead costs. I mean, there's so many benefits there. You don't have to deal with random carts strewn all over the the lot. Exactly. There's so many benefits. I I am 100% behind All about it. Um, Number five, every cafe slash bakery slash coffee shop also sells alcohol. Once again, also behind it. I think that's think I think think that we're just learning there's lots of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Number six, the light switches are often outside of the room or bathroom you're going to use. Here's my question. This was the situation in one house that I grew up in for a couple of years. The light for the bathroom in the hallway was outside the bathroom. Yep. We constantly turned that light off, like me and my siblings, on one another. We thought it was hilarious. Someone's in the bathroom, you just shut the light out, and they start, Hey! Well, like, how is that not happening 24-7 yeah. with children in Poland, just cutting lights well, out? Well, and I people. wonder how common this is because, Jonathan, when we went to Israel, that was the case in the hotel we stayed at. And I don't know if you remember, but in the middle of the night, I forgot to turn the light on when I was in the bathroom. So I took my phone out, used it as a flashlight, and dropped it in the <laughs> toilet. That led me running downstairs into the kitchen at about 3 a.m. to try to find rice to put my phone in. About four Israeli angry chefs came out and started yelling at me. And I just held my phone up and I held the rice and they gave me a thumbs up like they knew what I was doing. It was a universal <laughs> It was a panic universal moment. thing. So yes. I so what I remember I've forgotten how you dropped your phone in the toilet. I just remembered that that had happened and I remember you coming back to the room and telling me that story. <laughs> That's what I remember yeah, of, crazy. of how, like, you hold up your phone and all that, and, and like, the, the one of the guys is like, rice! He needs rice! <laughs> he needs rice. It was great. What do you think the practicality is behind doing this? What is the benefit of putting the light switch outside of the room that you're in? I'm just I guess trying. you can hurry people up if they're taking too long. I, I don't know. <sighs> yeah. Shut the lights out on them. Uh, that I has guess. happened before. <laughs> um, here at Shades. Oh, who's that? We have a mystery Scott has person been, that's has, sitting here. Scott has been patiently waiting here. We should have introduced He's him He's chuckled a few times. The, yeah, I, it, having Scott here makes me feel better about our content because he's laughing as we go. So, anyway, yes, we have Scott Ledbetter in the house, so we will do a formal introduction here in just a moment because we are almost right. done. Let me make our way through the rest of this email. Number seven. There's never enough cup holders in vehicles. Yeah, I mean, mm. I, I love a good cup holder in my yeah. vehicle. Number I'm very pro cup holders. Number eight, there's often women cleaners in public bathrooms while you are using them. Josh, quit using it while they're in there. <laughs> Like, if you walk in and there's a lady in there cleaning, I don't know. Walk out. If you got to go, you got to go. I think it's I think it's common. They just it just (laughs) happens. Yeah, they're cleaning it. Yeah, if you're paying for the toilet, you have to pay to use the toilet. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, it's awkward for sure, but it's different. It's not like that over here. You know, you you go to a hotel, like you stay at a hotel, they're cleaning the bathroom. You like you don't go in there. They kind of block you off from you, sure, you, sure. You can't use the bathroom. That's right. They put a sign. 
but not caution, but not there in Poland. So, yeah. Josh, I think the moral is they got a job to do. So, uh, so either you know get over it or uh, or don't go in there. I think those are the think those are the options. I think that's what John Mark and Brad are saying, not me. That's it. <laughs> Anyway, Josh says, there's a lot more, but that's a good list for now. We really enjoyed having the team from Shades come and hearing them share about their experience on the podcast was great. If anyone would like to come see for yourself, let me know. Josh. Josh, Josh, thank you so much for emailing. It's always great to hear from you, brother. And that was, it was, I thoroughly enjoyed your, your list. It's always fun just to see how things operate differently in different cultures. Yes. So and give us another one. I'm up for it. Yes. And uh, we have an audience member that actually speaks Polish. And it turns out that was not a curse word, uh, the uh, subject. It was good morning. And this is how you pronounce it. Okay. I was Thank so you close. so much. <laughs> That uh, audience member, you can be seated now. All yeah, right. Yeah, thanks, Google Translate. Wow, what are the odds having oh, someone that word. speaks Polish here? So you're cool. Just, just That's why we out. always do it in front of a live audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure you have guessed by now what's happening today. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to meet a member. It's time to meet a All right. In the house, ladies and gentlemen. The Scott Ledbetter. That's right. We were going to have him come da- uh, come in and break down the budget for us and get into all the details and all the accounting, and it was going to be really exciting. But we thought before we do that, we need to do meet a member with the longtime member, staff member, and he's even served as an elder, he ladies and gentlemen. served as an elder before? I mean, he's That's done right. it all. If you don't know Scott Ledbetter, first of all, shame on you. But second of all, uh, Scott is currently our finance administrator administrator here uh, at Shades Valley. He has an office just outside of mine, so we're office buddies, uh, mm-hmm. which is way better than it being Brad or John Mark. That was intentional, placing your office there. Um, but, yeah, so we've invited Scott on uh, just to get to hear his story. And so, Scott, I... I think that I think that out of all of us in the room, I think I've gotten the opportunity to know more of your story than anybody else. But <laughs> we want to hear it straight from you. And so let's uh let's start at the beginning, Scott. How did your parents meet? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't go back that far. <laughs> no. Start it start us out. Tell us a little bit about Scott growing up. Yeah. Oh man. Where are you uh, from? I'm a native of uh, Marietta, Georgia. Um, okay. That's where I was born. Uh, we, my parents lived in uh, what's now Vinings. Um, what's your opinion of anyone from Peachtree City? <laughs> Peachtree City probably the- Peachtree City probably wasn't a thing. <laughs> it was just starting out, as I recall. For those who don't know, Marietta, right outside of Atlanta. Yes, it's a suburb of Atlanta. My um, uh, dad worked in Atlanta for uh, thirteen years, and about the time. Um, about year eight was when I showed up. <laughs> now, what was he doing in Atlanta? My dad was a CPA. He worked with a firm. It's now called Ernst & Young. It was Ernst & Ernst back in that day. Oh, yeah. And um, he worked with them, met some interesting people. He was in charge, actually, of the audit of the Coca-Cola back, hey. in, back in the day. And That's a big deal. 
um, he was a, the principal in charge of that. So, so you showed up at year eight there. So what year is that on that the That would have been 1962. 1962. So, so for those doing the math, yeah. Scott is approaching his 90th birthday. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, Scott, I We're know that, you have, a, I know that yes. you have a sibling. Yes, I have a younger brother who uh, was born a year and a half after I was. Um, lives here in town. He's an accountant. And um, um, he used to go to Shades a long time ago. Okay. Um, back when it first started, actually. And uh, now he lives down in Shelby County. Gotcha. But right. um, um, so, so how long did y'all live there in Marietta? Five years. Well, I, I was five when we moved to Birmingham with 67. Okay. So uh, Birmingham's really kind of like growing up and all that. I grew up here, yes. Mm-hmm. What area? Uh, <clears throat> Cobble Heights, mostly. To start with, and then North Shelby County. Um, we moved out there. My mom and dad built their dream house out uh, out heard, in the I've what heard was many the, stories about that. Yes, uh, what was then the country? Yeah, we used to see um, uh, cattle being slaughtered. <laughs> oh wow! Fond memories. Yeah, yeah very rarely, but yeah, there was a cattle farm near where we lived. <laughs> <laughs> it's now a Winn Dixie. Um, I just have this mental now, image of like young Scott stepping out his front door. <laughs> Mom, they're killing the cows again. <laughs> now, how far is this from downtown Birmingham, say? Um, it's probably uh, twenty miles, something like that. It's it's okay. It's on. <clears throat> it's between Valleydale and Copper Valley Road. What were so, what were you like oh, okay. in those so, early years? What were you interested in and? Yeah, what was young Scott led by? Oh man, I was a because uh, I just see him as as an accountant crunching the numbers. <laughs> I know this is a shock, but I was a Braves fan. Hey, okay, so you liked baseball? <laughs> oh yeah, Henry Anner was my you know baseball hero. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was too young to really know anything about race or whatever. I just knew he was the best ball player for the Braves. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, anyway, I, I always admired him. Uh, my Did, dad. My dad. For those who don't know, Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's home run record. Okay, yes. like one of uh, a record that was thought would stand forever, and Hank Aaron busted it as a brave, and it was awesome. Now, what yes. year would that have been? Nineteen seventy-four, April third, I believe. So, did you see that live? Oh yes. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. I can picture him running around the bases now. Because, right, didn't two guys come out? Oh, yeah, down the yes. third baseline. And start line. running yeah, alongside yeah, him. the crowd, yeah. yeah. You can, cool. to, to this day, if you go if you go to the Braves Stadium, um, they have kind of like this little museum slash memorial walk down behind the home plate area where you can read a little bit of Braves history. And there is a massive portion of it that is dedicated to Hank Aaron. Huge statue. And that moment is playing on a big screen on repeat 24-7. Uh, that's cool. It's one of the highlights of my uh, youth, if you will. <laughs> I grew up playing Little League Baseball. Okay. So What uh, what position? Oh, first base because I couldn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be able to catch the yeah. ball. I could catch the ball. And stretch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're tall? Uh, I was tall, and <clears throat> that's the reason why, and I couldn't run. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was not athletic at all. Okay. Well, some somewhat, but uh, yeah. So, what about teenage Scott Ledbetter? What was teenage <laughs> Scott Ledbetter like? What were his interests? Was he in any clubs, or did he play any sports in high school? Or, uh, well, I played uh, 
I played basketball from third grade through varsity. Okay. What at, school? At uh, Broward. Okay. Um, yeah. I went there from third grade on. Okay. And, um, uh, it was small, smaller than it is now. I'm willing to then. bet it cost less, too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I still remember playing King of the Mountain with, uh, you know, as a third and fourth grader with the uh, juniors and seniors. <laughs> Everyone was together. Everyone was together, so. Now, did your family go to the church? We did was, not at okay. that time. Uh, we I grew up uh, in the Methodist church. Okay. And, uh, and uh, I don't know that I knew that. Mm-hmm. My dad had grown up Methodist. My mom was Baptist. And oh. uh, when we moved here, um, I don't remember going to church when I was real little, but there's not much I remember about being real little anyway. But mm-hmm. uh, we started going to a, a Methodist church here. Um, <clears throat> and then about, uh, I guess in high school, it was um, a variety of things that led us. I, I left, and, and you know, the, <laughs> the reason I left is why any guy leaves one youth group to go to another. It was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> now right. we're getting to the good stuff. I appreciate the honesty, Scott. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I ended up. I ended up going to Barwood to start with, and then um, also we had some. Well, I'd just say some theological differences. Sure. And then my parents, um, they moved as well. Gotcha. So. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you're at Briarwood School. Mm-hmm. You graduate from there. What yep. happened? What, what year did you graduate high school? That would have been in the 70s, right? 1980. 1980. 1980, mm. yep. All right. So you graduate so, in 1980. That's correct. And then what happens next? Where do you head after that? I go to Sanford University. Hey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> go dogs. Uh, yes. And so, go. and it was on Lakeshore at that time. Like, yeah. I don't remember what year it got that campus. 50. Yeah, I knew seven, it was a while. Eight, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, a long time ago. Um, so you, you go there, and mm-hmm. what uh, what's your major? I was a business major um, with the what they call a concentration in accounting. Like at this point, had you already kind of decided, like, I want to go that path, that route? Like, I mean, your, your dad was a CPA, and mm-hmm. you and your brother both end up kind of in that line of work. Uh-huh. Like, was an, when did that interest come along? Well, I was kind of interested. I mean, I actually took an accounting class in high school. Um, oh, okay. They had kind of a, you know, Broward, I guess being a private school, could do whatever they wanted to in some mm-hmm. ways. And so um, I taught you, you know, some basic accounting and, you know, bank reconciliation, that kind of stuff. And I kind of enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> kind of enjoyed numbers, putting things in order. Um, so I'll, I'll give that a shot. Um I went to Sanford mostly because, um, having gone to Barwood, Barwood was a small school. Um, it was a Christian school. Mm-hmm. It was not the same as going to a public school. And if you, um, you know, growing up in the seventies, um, you know there was some real tensions in the schools here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Birmingham's past and the integration and all that. Um, I didn't have any 
conflicts about that, but uh, um, I thought about where I would where I would do well in school, and so I thought Sanford would be. It was a big school for me, in that you know, there's four thousand people as opposed to you know three hundred. Sure, mm. in the entire school. So um, I thought I I would go there, um, and then. It was a. It had a decent reputation in business and you know, as, as a as a college. So, mm-hmm. and you know, thinking, well, assuming I'm going to work here in town, it'd be a good, you know, good to go to school here in town. Um, so, Scott, how did you become a Vols fan? <laughs> well, you know, I'm thinking. I'm seeing Georgia. Yeah. I'm seeing Birmingham. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing Samford. For those who don't know, uh, I I. I See, Brad, I think the people that watch college football and stuff like that make assumptions. And because I don't, but I'm tangential enough to people who do, I feel like I can translate. So for those who don't know, Vols is short for volunteers, the Tennessee Volunteers, of which Scott is a massive fan. This is not people who volunteer in Tennessee. Scott's not fans of those people. It's a university. (laughs) That's right, yeah. Yes. Their main colors are orange and white. Yes. Um. The American Daisy, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, Would you like to sing the fight song? Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, it's a well, great, it's, it's a great fight song. Yeah, well, actually, it's technically not the fight song. Uh, okay, down, down the field is the official fight song. Rocky Talk, Rocky Top is mm-hmm. the unofficial one, and everybody can woo. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, see, I learned something new. So, Listen, they're going to be fine with it. I mean, schools oh, can yes. have two fight songs. I mean, oh, schools can have two mascots. Apparently, oh yeah. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Don't Just get see, us started. See, see Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. So yeah, how'd you become a Vols fan? My dad went to grad school at UT. There it is. And uh, the fifties, and then um, and they were did pretty decent. You know, they had a coach by the name of uh, Neeland. You may have heard of him. Oh, yeah. Um, no big deal. <laughs> John Mark read about him in all of his football history yes, books. Yes. Right. Watch it on VHS. Yes. yes. The. Um, one of the few coaches that Bear Bryant couldn't beat. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. I, I, Scott I, I, I keep Scott's that making one. enemies. He's beaming with pride <laughs> as he says Scott's making that. enemies. Oh, he doesn't oh, care. That's all right. Yeah, but, hey, I lived here through the 70s, so as a Tennessee mm-hmm. fan, it was brutal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, not quite as brutal as it has been the last 15 until last year. But, right. anyway, yeah. um, my dad went to school there. Um and I think they had a they had a national championship while they were uh, while I was so okay, and that's where the affection grew. Mm-hmm. So, so I was adopted, and then when I went to grad school there, it was like, hey, this is like Nirvana. Yeah, <laughs> 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 <You know? laughs> I had a I was a graduate teaching assistant at UT, and um, so I had an office as a to, to meet with students and so forth, and um, my office. Had a window that looked out. It was dangling right across from Neyland Stadium. Every morning, oh, wow. I would see the sunrise of Neyland Stadium. So, oh, hey. man. That's awesome. Scott's I'm crying right now. <laughs> For those who don't know, there are just tears streaming down his face. So, yes. really quickly, Scott, one yeah. thing I didn't want to skip over is mm-hmm. that you told me a fun fact uh, about your years at Stanford. Uh, what, where did you live during part of your time there? Certain dormitory? Oh, yes. Does Brad uh, know this? I'm not sure about this. Oh, I um, do know this. I lived in what was Crawford Johnson Hall, the men's dorm, <clears throat> named for the president of Coca-Cola. 
which is why you couldn't find Pepsi on campus. <laughs> ah, um, but it is no longer Crawford Johnson Hall. It is no longer Crawford Johnson Hall. As I like to tell people, it's a picture of the gospel. Um, it is now the uh, Beeson Seminary. I forget right. what they call the hall, but uh, um, when I was there, it was a U-shaped courtyard facing the west. <laughs> and all sorts of shenanigans ha- happened in that uh Illustrious dormitory. Can't imagine. Many things which will never be repeated. <laughs> and um, and then they decided, hey, enough of this. Let's let's completely gut the sucker and change it and have it repent and turn to the east and <laughs> make it into a seminary. That's right. <laughs> the Redneck Vatican is one of my professors <laughs> called it. Oh, my word. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so, but no, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Well, Scott, go ahead, Bradford. Well, I was going to take us into our next segment. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, while while I have some more questions I want to ask you about college and young adult-aged Scott, before <laughs> we do that, we've got to do the most important thing that we have uh, on the schedule with you today, and that is the lightning round. All Scott, right. do you know what's about to happen? Uh, vaguely, yes. <laughs> so, Scott, we're going to ask you some very important random questions, and you are tasked to respond as quickly as you can and as honestly as you can. Are you ready for the lightning round? <laughs> Have mercy on me, O oh Lord. <laughs> All right. That's a good start. JM, start us off. All right, how do you like your eggs, Scott? Scrambled. Yeah, how do you like your coffee? Um, with cream. Okay. What was your first job? Bank card center teller. If they made a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? I know the answer. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know if he's ever acted in anything. <laughs> I've never thought of that. Um, I know. I know. Okay. Um, oh, um Steve McQueen. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say David Letterman. Oh. <laughs> He'd be a dead ringer. Did he ever yeah. act in anything? No, he's a not late really. Night host, uh, but yeah, I don't yeah. think so. He's a comedian. Com- and, right, right. Yeah. Uh, if you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, where would you go? Hmm. Pearl Harbor. Oh, wow. History buff, huh? Yeah. Yes. Okay, your house is on fire. You have just enough time to run in there and grab one inanimate object. Don't worry. Your loved ones and pets have already made it out safely. What's the one thing you're going to save from that blazing inferno? Probably the prop from my grandfather's aircraft. Oh, oh wow. How'd you get that? Or did he get it and then he passed it down? Well, he passed it down. Okay, how did he get it? He salvaged it. My grandfather flew Civil Air Patrol mm. during the Second World War out of a little town called Beaufort, North Carolina. At the start of the war, they did not have um, patrols for U-boats. And so men volunteered to fly. My grandfather was one of them. Wow. Um, anyway, one of his aircraft that he was testing crashed. He survived, and but kept the prop. Wow. That's incredible. I would love to 
to see that at some <laughs> point. <laughs> I'm better bringing it up here to my office. Okay, well, yeah. on a just a serious note, <laughs> do you have any tattoos? No. Have I you was ever really hoping <laughs> for a yes right there. <laughs> have you ever been admitted to the hospital? If so, f- what for? Yes. Um, Medical information is a private affair. <laughs> this is like a HIPAA violation. It's a lightning round, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> well, first time was tonsillitis when I was like three or four. Yep. Okay, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. If you could have any book or movie completely memorized, what would it be? Besides the Bible. Um, oh, of course, Lord of the Rings. All right, favorite place to eat in Birmingham? Oh, man. Um, gosh. Used to be, well, may still be Lloyd's. But not, but not ah, for yes. long. Yeah, yeah. Not hey. for long. Are they're they cl- closing? They're closing October oh, 15th. Oh, wow. So and they're not moving to a new location or anything. They're just closing. Well, they have. They opened a location, I understand, down in Silicaga. They did. That's yeah. right. I As my I understand. dad told me that. My dad always used to talk because we grew up, you know, in Harpersville, and so Lloyd's was literally the only thing on Highway 280 for mm. so many years before it just expanded and all the shopping centers and retail went in. But Lloyd's, yeah, I used to go yeah. there a lot when I was a kid. That's yeah. where my mom went for her last birthday. <laughs> Sally and Art Levine <laughs> took me there, like, as their first, like, they wanted to get to know me kind of thing. They took me to Lloyd's. All right. I've seen them there. Favorite game that you've attended as a Tennessee fan? So, favorite Tennessee game that you've ever been to? Oh, I man. guess it could be basketball or football, because I know you're a big basketball yeah. guy, too. Probably. Maybe you can give me both, whatever you want to do. The the most fun, and mm-hmm. it's um, – sorry, guys. But, oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a 1985 – Tennessee Auburn. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> Bo Jackson's last year. Yeah. Although, although '84 Bama game was right up there. Mm. <laughs> Are aliens real? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Cannonball into the pool or ease in? Cannonball. Oh, okay. What's the first concert or your favorite concert that you've ever been to? Mm. Well, first concert was Phil Kate. Favorite? Nice. Chicago 17. Okay. Nice. All right, you're having right. you're having a dinner party and you can invite 3 guests over and they can be dead or alive, anyone in history. We we exclude people from the Bible just so you don't have the pressure right. to you know, name Jesus and <laughs> Paul and Moses or however you'd like to do it. Uh, so, but but three people from history, dead or alive, who would you have over? Um, C.S. Lewis. Um, mm. Probably uh, John Calvin. Okay. And Talked about him earlier. Oh. Any accountants? <laughs> no. <laughs> It'd be a quick conversation. <laughs> I'd say Winston Churchill. Oh, yeah. Classic. <laughs> It'd be quite the dinner party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. 
Okay. Should we all do one more? Yep. One more. All right. Who wants to go first? Dream uh, Dream Car. Dream Car. Yep. Oh, it's a '66 Mustang convertible. <laughs> How tall are you? Uh, currently now six two. <laughs> is that shorter than used to be? It is. <laughs> I was six four. <laughs> Back right. in my playing days. All right, Scott. I'm curious for this one. If you could shop for free at one store, which store would you choose? Like one time, or like for the rest of your life? Just one time. You can go in one time and shop for free, and get anything. Get anything yeah, you as want. As much as you want. Anything. That's a good question. Man, um, I was gonna say, man, I wish Amazon had warehouse was a store. <laughs> right, that's right. Yep, I get that. I think what's funny for me, like, because now I'm I'm thinking about my answer to this question is mine all depends on when you ask me. Like, that's my that's my personality type, right? So it's gonna be according to what I'm most into at the moment. That's right. So Scott, what are you thinking? Oh. I'd be like Jonathan, man. Put me in the, uh, well, Barnes and Noble. <laughs> oh yeah, I see as many yeah, books as you can take. Yeah, yes, right. and then I would get my wife would divorce me. <laughs> <laughs> one one more question: Who's going to win a national championship first, Josh Heupel at Tennessee or the Tennessee basketball team? Who's going to win a national Ooh. championship first? Oh. Um, I would say basketball. All right. Yeah. Hey. Scott, you survived the lightning round. <laughs> well done, sir. Oh. Well, Scott, tell us a little bit uh, just about your, your spiritual journey. Like, we've heard, like, a little bit about how mm-hmm. you grew up and, you know, ended up at Briarwood and such. But, you know, for those of us who grow up uh, exposed to the faith or in the faith, you know, from an early age, I think there definitely becomes a time like when our faith becomes our own. So mm-hmm. what was that? What was that like for you? Um, it, I became a believer actually um, in high school. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of my teachers at uh, Barwood who led me to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's... Um, Look at those Presbyterians yeah. being evangelistic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It was um, it was a situation where, as a um, growing up, Jonathan, you kind of alluded to this a couple of weeks ago about being someone who does not belong. Mm-hmm. That was me through all my growing up days. Um, I was the one kid with a crew cut in a in an age of you know. Beetle bobs, you know. <laughs> you know, I was one kid in class at Broadway who never had to worry about the hair code, <laughs> which they had back then. And, uh, uh, you know, here I am. I'm a Tennessee fan in a Auburn and Alabama world. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, went <laughs> and there were no other Tennessee fans at, where I was around. Um, so, um, anyway, I was kind of felt like an outsider and and there's some my wife thinks i have some i'm on the asperger spectrum at some point i've never been tested for it you know because people didn't think about it back when i was a little kid mm. um 
so I grew up being just kind of a little bit on the, you know, out of the popular circle. Um, and then when you finally get in, uh, in high school and, and this, what happened was I had, had dated somebody the first time I'd ever dated anybody and we'd broken up and it was like, that was just so devastating to me. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, and I was talking to uh, one of my teachers about it and, um, um, she said, well, you know, were you, was, was she more important than God? And I said, I said, yeah. And he said, well, uh, um, you know, God's never going to leave you. And, um, and so anyway, she led me to the Lord. Wow. Um, and, um, Pamela Thompson, our, she was our, uh, I was in the beta club at, Broward and she was our advisor and I was president of the beta club. So she was one that, that I talked to a good bit. So anyway, mm. that's when I became a believer. That's awesome. Um, and that was, I guess I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. So then, um, from there, you know, I went to Sanford and, um, I was involved with a group. It was a service fraternity. It was not a social fraternity, but, um, in a lot of ways, we were like a, a, a social fraternity. <laughs> we just didn't have a house, but uh, um, and we did lots of things. And um, in conjunction with that, um, I was involved somewhat with an organization called Campus Outreach, which was had yeah, just got yeah. started. Um, Curtis Tanner and. Um, had started, you know, he'd gone to Sanford and had a heart for, um, for kids at college and, um, um, some guys there I was involved with and and a small group with those guys, my senior year. Mm. And after that, then that's when I went to grad school at UT and that's where God really worked a lot in my life. Um, because Tennessee is nothing like Sanford. <laughs> I thought you were going to say because you saw his glory every morning rising. Right. <laughs> the Lord was just, I just felt his presence for some reason. Yes. Um, I was, um, you know, in grad school, in particular when you're a TA, you're very busy. Um, and so... I didn't have a lot of time to be involved in a lot of stuff, so I, I thought I need to get in a, in a group, and I'll just plug into this one group, and that'll be it. And that I just happened. Lord led me to a group called InterVarsity. Mm-hmm. Oh, they yeah. uh, they had a, a chapter there, and um, <laughs> I ended up going to a church that was right next to campus, and I, I thought these people really were, um, they had a vision, a heart for college students. It was an independent Pentecostal church, um, <laughs> which was different for a young Presbyterian. Uh, just a little. Yep. Just a little, yes. Um, but our our campus director for university went to church there. And... Um, they had been a church in North Knoxville who had a heart for college students. So what they did was they bought both a an old 
church that was actually an old Presbyterian church, um, two blocks from campus, and um, did a little bit of renovation in it, to it, um, and then also bought a house uh, about a block away in what the, what's called the Fort Sanders area next to campus. The idea of, of where students could live, and they also had a, a, a coffee shop down in the uh, basement, which they called Aslan's Lair. It was a pr- pretty cool name. And they would have different events there. I saw um, Amy Grant. Oh, wow. In a coffee shop. I mean, I'm literally as close to John wow. Mark and Michael Card. Um, they had a heart. This church had a heart for college students. So they intentionally took part of their congregation and planted it right next to campus and then tried to, they would get involved in, um, in the students' lives. Mm-hmm. And so um, that had a, a big impact on me. Yeah, um, sure. And, um, you, know, you know, I didn't agree theologically with some of the things, but that was, but they loved Jesus mm-hmm. and demonstrated it. And um, um, so, and, and just with the folks with InterVarsity, we were able to, um, basically all I did was I discipled a, a couple of small group leaders. You know, that was, that's basically all I did. I was just, and all I was basically was a sounding board for them, for for them, you know, how do you deal with them, the issues you're coming up in your small group, right? Because mm-hmm. InterVarsity is very, Student led. Oh yeah, and so, um, um, but it was like, okay, here we're seeing, um, you know, and at UT you can, you know, it's so diverse, you can you can have all kinds of conversations. Sure. So, um, I mean, it's still a Southern university, mm-hmm. but you know. I still remember going down to the Sugar Bowl with my buddy David and and uh, um, his, his his buddy Muhammad, um, who's from Tehran. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> Loving to as we're driving down, says I love this thing, Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually came to know the Lord. Oh, well, so anyway, yeah, that's kind of a that was kind of the background. Um, and then um, anyway, well, I can see how you know, growing up at private Christian school, then going to Sanford, how UT was a, a whole new world, a yeah. lot more diversity. You were exposed to a lot, but you also had a home, a church home that poured into college students that supported you, and then also gave you the opportunity to serve. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to grow through that, so that's that was really cool to hear. I'd never heard you talk about that before. So you graduate from UT, mm-hmm. and you come back to Birmingham. I came. I worked in Birmingham a couple of years, and then uh, um, I was uh, dating a gal from Sanford who graduated. Was moving back to uh, Thomasville, Georgia. Okay. That's my neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, City of Roses. Um, they, uh, um, and at the time, 
to be a, uh, a CPA, you, you in Florida, they just passed this thing where you had to have five years education to sit for the CPA exam. And so um, with grad school, I had that. And so I went and worked with what was, what became Ernst & Young in Tallahassee. They had an office there at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So I, I moved to Tallahassee and lived there for five years. Okay. And um, um, uh, this, the gal that I did, we dated for, for a bit, and then we broke up. And But I lived in Tallahassee and went to uh, uh, First Baptist uh, downtown. Um We've talked about that. I've, I've been to that church before. Yeah. 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 Um, God directed me there because there was one fella in the city of Tallahassee who knew I was coming, who didn't know how to get in touch with me. And I, I had no idea that he was looking at, knew I was coming. But we ran into each other at a Bible study at a house just because, you know, when I went there, I didn't know a soul. Mm-hmm. And so I'm... Uh, the girl I was dating, I asked her and her parents, yeah, some good churches in Tallahassee. And they said, they mentioned, no, she was Baptist, so she mentioned the Baptist church. So I went, I tried First Baptist, and they just had just started a singles class. It was the first singles adult class in Tallahassee. Because, you know, it's a small southern town. Um, so, Scott, I'm seeing you've really been all over the place. You know, you've got Methodist, <laughs> Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, yes, back to Baptist. Yes. So I'm really seeing why. Why Shades makes why sense. Why Shades makes sense for you and why you might feel at home well, with all the diversity. Well, I was going to ask kind of like, I, I know we want to honor your time, Scott. I know that you've got a lot going on. But kind of like as a final question yeah. uh i wanted to ask about how you arrived at shades and how you and nancy met and i think that i can ask those together because i think that they have one answer <laughs> <laughs> well actually um i knew nancy for several years before we dated um she actually had gone out a little bit with my brother mm. nancy and, and my brother and now we're getting uh, to the good uh, stuff uh, yes. scandal's coming out <laughs> You know, Nancy has basically been at Shades since it started. Along, um, mm-hmm. There was a group of uh, folks from uh, Covenant Presbyterian yep. that um, came with Mark Wadley, who was the founding pastor of Shades. Mm-hmm. Um, he he had been at Covenant and um, uh, wanted to start a new church, but not a Presbyterian church. And uh, he was a young life leader, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Back in the day. So, anyway, um, Nancy and my brother were friends. They went out some. Um, when my mother had an aneurysm, um, at the time I was living in Tallahassee, I came back up here. And Nancy and Margaret Peoples, Palmer at the time, and Mike Grant, and several of those folks oh, wow. were at the hospital. Hmm. You know, so um, and Nancy says he's cute. He says, but nah, he's dating somebody. Uh, sucks. So, um, so anyway, that's how we first met. Okay. And then um, when Nancy went overseas to Russia for two years, I mean, my brother did her tax returns because you know being an expatriate is there's complicated issues with Nan- that. Did you say Nancy was in Russia for two years? You yes. didn't know this, Brad. 
Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yes. Later we got Nancy about, I know that's here. Nancy's yeah. story to tell, but yes, yeah, you should be interviewing Nancy actually. Um, <laughs> okay. The um, um, my brother would do her tax returns. Well, when she came back, um, at the time our office assistant had left, and we didn't have by working in the office. It was tax season, so she came and volunteered to help. It's kind of for helping for mm. Dean helping do her tax returns. So Okay, an office romance. Yes, sorta. Actually no. <laughs> <laughs> it was that was Nancy thought I could never marry this guy. <laughs> she went from he's cute to I could I never marry this yes, guy. We've really been on a roller coaster. Yes we have. Okay. That's right. So um but I liked her a little bit, you know, at the time. But I was dating somebody else. You know, and um, then it eventually um, we weren't dating. Neither of us were dating. And Nancy, when uh, uh, her best friend Gina, uh, Gina Abbott, it was Gina Gaston at the time, when she married Travis, uh, Gina and Nancy were, were roommates. And so um, Nancy had to move out. And so I helped her move. And um, amongst, with, along with several other folks too, but um, – I had a pickup truck, which, guys, if you're single and you're interested in meeting ladies, get a pickup truck. It's the best thing ever. Because <laughs> whenever they need something picked up or to move, they're calling you. Right. <laughs> so, um, well, I helped her move, but I, w- I was sick at the time. And so, major points. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're really going above and beyond. Yeah, yeah. So, she thought, you know, Maybe it's not so bad. So then, if, and after I stopped dating, who I was dating, and, and a little bit, I asked a mutual friend about. You know, what do you think? You know, what do you think Nancy thinks of me? She said, "Well, I, I think she likes you. Should, should I ask her out?" She said, "Wouldn't hurt." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's wow, how we. That's, that's how, how happened. We, how long did y'all date for? Uh, two years. Two years. Yeah, I'm slow. Did you? <laughs> Did you yes. come to Shades while y'all were dating, or not until after y'all got married? Yes, I, I um, while we dated, after a bit, and um, I started coming to Shades, and that was during the time when we were renovating the building here. We oh, bought okay. oh, so wow, this okay. is this is early two thousands, two thousand six, seven ish. Yes, we were we were married in uh, two thousand six. Okay, um, we. Um, I think the church bought the building in 2004, as I recall. Okay. And so that's honestly how I got to know most of the guys yeah. in Shades. Yeah. Was yeah. working in this structure here. So okay. what, what was your opinion of Shades Valley when you first arrived? Um, <laughs> just the, 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 sa- the same as Briarwood, I'm that, sure. Very yeah, similar yeah, experience. Yeah, no. Um, no, it was, it was cool because... It was, um, I mean, I'd been around Shades a bit anyway with my brother because, um, you know, you know when their their kids were dedicated or stuff like that, and and right, right. and I knew several guys here already. Like Mike Grant was mm-hmm. my brother's roommate at Auburn, and I know, and he'd gone to Barwood. I mean, there was she had a lot of relationships. Yes, here. Yeah. I wasn't like I didn't know anybody, mm-hmm. but. Um, it was, um, 
It was different, sure. It, but actually, it kind of reminded me of Christ Chapel, which was the church in Knoxville. Well, I was going to make that connection. I was wondering if there was any crossover. Yes, it was very similar. Um, just because, you know, Christ Chapel was, it was an eclectic bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it prepared you. God was preparing you. Yes, yes. Um, there, were, there were some interesting things here. I remember the electric chair thing being, uh, I was going, now that's unusual. <laughs> that's a story. Yes. <laughs> None of y'all have heard it. That's before any Ask of our Scott time. about yes, that. Yeah. Yes. When yes. you see him. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, Scott, we are grateful. We are so grateful that the Lord, uh, just through all the twists and turns of your story, uh, brought you and Nancy together and brought you here to Shades, where you have worn many, many (laughs) different hats over the years and continue just to serve in so many ways. Um, And, uh, yeah, thank you for for coming and just for sharing your story with us. Oh, sure, man. It's been so much fun. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it, guys. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I'll put in a plug for our uh, um, don't forget to transition. Make sure you. <laughs> That's right. From the you realm. Know, from the realm to giving Church center. center. Yeah, for <laughs> online giving. That's yes. right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, Scott, I mean, again, just thank you. You've, brother, I don't even know that you can really, I don't know that you're aware of all the ways that you make an impact, not just through serving as the finance administrator, but just through being who you are. So I, uh, yeah, the first extended conversation (laughs) I had with anyone at Shades Valley that was not an interview was with Scott Ledbetter. (laughs) Um, I I don't even remember what night that was or what Mm -hmm. was happening. Um, it may have been after I met with the elders or something, because you were on the elder board at that time. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we stood in the parking lot <laughs> for like an hour and yeah. just talked. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that, like, I don't know. For me, it was just my first glimpse of like, okay, like there, there are relationships here that I will be invited into and welcomed into. Like I just felt embraced instead of like just – like I felt yeah. like you were trying to yeah. get to know me yeah. for me. Yeah. You know? Mm. I remember I see what was it, um Axis and Allies. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. A board game that I that I love. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'll say this. When I think of Scott and Nancy, I think of two people that love shades mm. and see shades as family. And so sometimes as a pastor you're worried about, oh no, are we gonna do something that might cause people to leave or might upset people. Well, with Scott and Nancy, we might upset them. You know, they're human. (laughs) But we'd have to do something pretty crazy to cause them to leave. And, you know, there's something really beautiful (laughs) about that. When you have members who love the church, who are here, who are so supportive and and encouraging. When I think of Scott and Nancy, I think how supportive and encouraging they've been. Um, And I think you all just embody the, the type of church members that we want. People that are here, people that are committed, people that are involved, and people that love the church and and serve and give sacrificially for it. So, yeah. so once again, mm. if you have never met Scott Ledbetter, yep. shame on you. That's right. <laughs> you should. You'll see him on Sunday in a Vols t-shirt and hat. <laughs> Go up, introduce yourself. Oh, my word. And be sure to get to know my wife, Nancy. She is a gem. That's right. Well, yes. Thank you, Scott. If, if you have any questions... 
yeah. uh, for Scott. Or any recommendations of other members you'd like for us to interview? We would love to eventually interview everybody over the course of the years. That's right. <laughs> but just email us, midweek at shadesvalley.org. Because you're part of the conversation. This has been a meet an ep- <laughs> meet, meet a, a member, member. episode <laughs> with the Scott Ledbetter, <laughs> CPA. <laughs>